Welcome everyone to the TZR Podcast, episode 31. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo, and today I'm joined by Alex Shock. Hello, hello. Ben Rickaby. How's it going? And a new uh, podcast participant, Shane Weaver. Hello, hello. Wow. So, yeah, Shane's been with us for a little while now, but he has not joined the podcast, so we are popping your podcast cherry. How, how does it oh feel? Oh my. Do you feel like we have another enough? Canadian? I don't like the new visualization of that, but you know. <laughs> we have two Canadians? <laughs> two Canadians. Frank what? is Canadian, dude. Um, uh, all right. Okay. What? Welcome. <laughs> what, what about that is so upsetting? <laughs> oh, no. I'm just joking. Oh, geez. Uh, do, do you do you dislike our polite neighbors to the north? No, I've been there multiple times. Cool. I think Canada I is Canada. awesome. And I think people from Canada are awesome. Well, thank you. Long distance high five, Shane. Uh, guys, I'll tell you what. I'm really glad that we did our E3 predictions podcast like two weeks ago because there is no time for predictions today because the leaks have been strong, <laughs> man. There's like already enough news now to like to it's process not a for leak. a while. It's a cascade. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. It's like it's, it's like your apartment yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So I want <laughs> actually that's perfect. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way first. So I want to apologize everyone that this podcast is coming a day late. We had some uh, some plumbing difficulties yesterday, literally moments before the podcast started. Uh, but we have since dried everything up and we are good to roll. Uh, typically. Our listeners know that we that we publish our podcast every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can download our podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Uh, I highly suggest the Google Play Music version because it's the best quality out of all of them. For whatever reason, Sound or uh, Stitcher comes out sounding like a mattress, like it's coming through a mattress. It's terrible. <laughs> um, also, if you have any questions for the podcast, please feel free to email us at podcast at the zero review dot com. Uh, we will read your questions live, or if you have a topic that you want us to discuss, we will be happy to do that. Um, aside from our podcast, we have a really dope website called the zero review dot com where we're posting news and reviews pretty much all the time. Uh, if going to websites is too hard, you can also check out our social media streams on Twitter and Facebook at slash the zero review on all of the things. <sighs> I, th- I, th- I think I'm getting good <laughs> at the housekeeping. It, it's getting it's getting longer and longer though. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I've got to I got to find a way good. to Which close it up. That just means yeah. we're well, doing a lot of stuff. We, you know what I mean? Yeah. We keep adding to new platforms for the podcast. <laughs> I think we're done with the platforms because who's using anything else? I mean, come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. Anyway. I mean, I literally just go to the website and listen to it if. Yeah, that that also. But whatever. So, like I said, there is no time for predictions this week because we have a whole slew of news. I'm looking at like ten plus items that we need to get through. Yeah, Uh, we'll blast them out. Are you guys excited for this pre E3 news barrage of things happening? It's the it's the best time of the year right now. The best time of the year for gamers. Holy shit, we have so much cool things. (laughs) This is my favorite time of year. The best part is (laughs) seriously, we, we get. To see all these things to be really excited about and not play for years, it's the best. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, all right, it's so, my own little personal holiday every year. Yeah, no, it really is, man. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. Like the the hype. You know what? E three has such a cool like essence to it. It's just like it's this moment where like 
you know, all these people are congregating around certain websites just so they can see when the latest thing's going to post and they're watching press conferences and, you know, seeing these industry professionals make the most fucking cringeworthy comments to their audiences. It's, uh, oh, God, it's the best. Those are some of the most beautiful moments. Oh, man. It's, Did it, you see Pele last year? Dude, like, come uh, on. I have never... It is a beautiful game. And, and then it's Microsoft's like, game. hey, you know, you know what's going to resonate with our audience? Let's just drop a car on the fucking press conference. Just <laughs> People died. It was a nice <laughs> car, but yeah, like, that was dumb. Yeah. It, oh, my gosh. So hopefully we'll see very At least similar... you're not rolling bands out on stage anymore. Yeah, that's oh, true. No, 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 no. Yes, we are. At the end of the... That's the conference Blink-182 is going to play. Oh, yeah. I did okay. see that happen. Well, I was literally about to okay. just bring that up. Huh. <laughs> all right. Sure. Blink-182 is okay, though. I can deal with that. Um, all right. Guys, let's dive right into the news. Are, ready. are you ready? Okay. So first topic is uh, on a game that I was sincerely looking forward to this year, but unfortunately will not be able to get to play, and that's Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, yeah. yeah. It got a new... It got a new trailer. Uh, the trailer is pretty dope. No gameplay, just like story, whatever. Um, but the main thing is that we got a release date for it, which isn't until February of 2017. Mm-hmm. Blah. So, what are, what are your guys' is, feelings on uh, Horizon Zero Dawn? Is this is this lame? Are you cool with this? Like, what's going on? I, I I'm kind of cool with it. See, you know what? There's a of. lot. <laughs> you know what I'm hearing a lot of? It's like there's a lot of kind of apologists for games being delayed and i am just not cool with it anymore like, you mean like the okay the argument is always the argument is always well if it you know give them the time to make the best game they can i'm totally okay with that but you got to give me a give me a realistic date give me a realistic release date and meet that deadline and i will be happy like this being delayed uh it it's happening all the time across the industry and it's just killing yeah. me. Yeah. I, I think this is a kind of, I won't say an exception, but in this case, their only release window ever was 2016. So for them to push it into 2017, it's not the worst of the delays that we've had this year. We've that's had a true. lot worse. I mean, that's, that's true. That's definitely true. I mean, so I'm kind of like, like split with how to really react to something like this. Cause you know, I'm totally with Alex where it's like, you know what? It, it, I feel like, game developers should be held a little bit more accountable for, you know, the kind of information that they're giving out. You know what I mean? Because when they give us a, a, a wrong release date, like, don't tell me a release date until we have a very hard and fast day that we know that that it's going to happen. Don't even tell yeah. me a year. Like, don't even tell me a year. If I assume that it's going to come out and you tell me that it's going to come out at a different time, that's my fault. But if you say I- we're going to get horizon zero dawn holiday season 2016 and then it doesn't happen now i'm pissed you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, i think it's that um financial and creative disconnect you got the game developers who don't really know how big they're going to make their game mm-hmm. and you got the guys who are like okay what do we tell the stockholders and the developers have to just give them an answer yeah and then it comes to time and they're like oh sorry guys we got to delay it and they don't care that they got to deliver the message at the yeah. Anyway, I mean, so there's there's a, a quote from uh, Shigeru Miyamoto that I think plays into this pretty nicely, and I do, I don't remember when he made this statement, but I think it it makes a little bit of sense. And it's sort of part of me is like, okay, I I can get that right. So it's like uh, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is bad forever. 
You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, and I think there's some truth to that. Like I, I could definitely appreciate that. It's just like, it's still kind of, it, it just sucks. You know what I mean? Especially if you have it something does. to look forward to. I'm just not, mm-hmm. I'm just not ready to pat them on the shoulder for delaying their game. You know, yeah. like, yes, I want mm-hmm. the best game possible. And yes, of course, delay it if it needs to be delayed, but I'm not going to sit here and be happy about it. That it's delayed. If you told me the wrong release date. Totally. It's just, I think that that's how I feel. See, for me, normally I would agree with you, but on Horizon Zero Dawn, we've literally only seen one story trailer and one gameplay trailer that they basically did twice for PSX. And it's not like we've seen this game a lot, and it's not like we have anything that's really hyped it up other than it's new and it's cool and they're robot mm-hmm. dinosaurs. I mean, right, then why so, even give us a window then? Yeah, I mean, I think just like aesthetically, yeah. it's something that looks fresh and different and exciting. You know what I mean? Like this is coming from the people that make Killzone, and I think this is the first mm-hmm. game that Guerrilla Games has made you know, that hasn't been a Killzone game. So I'm excited to see what they can do in a different genre, you know what I mean? Uh, even though it's yeah. like loosely related or whatever. So, I mean, for all those reasons, it's very exciting to me. But I think the biggest letdown is because they they said that it was going to happen. You know what I mean? They gave us the window right. and then and, and betrayed and, us. And, you know, this is a great segue, actually, because uh, another game that did this for years and years and years was Watch Dogs. Yeah. And they they pulled on our, on our hype strings and... For, and they just kept pushing the deadline, and that that hurts. You know, it's like a gamer. You know, you just want to play that mm-hmm. game you're so excited about. Oh yeah. Uh, and when it keeps getting stretched out, um, like who knows if this is going to be the last delay? Like, I don't know. It, no, I it's mean, probably going to get delayed again. I think in the, in the case of Watch Dogs, I mean that that was definitely something that I think was detrimental to the game because when Watch Dogs was first announced, I was in a place where I was like, yeah, I'm totally on board with this. This looks cool. It looks Ab- different. I'm, absolutely. I'm all about it. And then delay came and then the gameplay trailer <laughs> came and the graphics were worse. And then people played and they were like, okay, it's really samey. And then the PC version came out and they were like, oh, the PC version runs like ass. And it's like all of these reasons kind of like started from the game being delayed and just kept on wearing away and wearing away at my hype for it. Uh, and I never ended up playing that game. You know, that that could be right. my bad. It, you know, it probably is a, a decently fun experience. I know that some of you guys played it and had fun with it. But uh, like for me, that, I can't. You know, I can't even blame you either. You know, like yeah. it's, it was so long since the first announcement. Yeah. So I mean, all of those things combined definitely had a, a negative effect on my overall experience and my my thought of that game. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Changing the script a little bit, though, we got a two trailers for Watch Dogs Two, a really fucking stupid uh, teaser trailer where it's just some dude playing with his phone for thirty seconds. That so was so dumb uh, mm-hmm. but look this, it's got a phone it's watchdogs yeah <laughs> but uh but this new gameplay trailer that came out i i am totally on board with this um i was completely surprised yeah yeah like it's it's something that i think part of it is also um uh in the middle of season one of mr robot and it has a lot of shared themes there if you, got, <laughs> if you guys aren't watching mr robot totally totally watch mr robot um but it just seems really cool. Like, it actually has, like, an interesting atmosphere now. It seems like they're delivering on what they said the first game was going to be. Like, you know, everything's hackable and, and, the, and all the this stuff. the graphics aren't sugar-coated. Like, it's very raw. Yeah, really. like, we literally saw gameplay for it. And, and that's great. Like, that's... I'm all about that. Um, and and since it's coming out November 15th, there's, like, very little chance that there's going to be a graphical downgrade. So what you saw was probably mostly what you're going to get. Yeah. No, absolutely. Honestly... I know I was impressed 
I was impressed that I wasn't too impressed by the graphics. <laughs> if, if that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. I think um, oh, yeah. I, think <laughs> I will not be mean. disappointed later. So right. that's you know, impressive. It's like, <laughs> I, I get what I see and, and that's fine. You know, I, I mean, it looks good, like how... but it wasn't like, yeah. yeah. I, it, it, it looks like a really cool game. I'm excited to see what's going on with it. You His know. weapon's weird as hell, but it's cool. It's cool. I, yeah. I, I will and say out of that whole trailer, different. the weirdest part of the entire trailer was when he was holding a gun. It seemed so yeah. out of place. It seemed know, so right? weird. I was like, Cause he, he seems like just like, like a kid. Yeah, like when he's running around with the with the laptop and he's got the drone going around and stuff, I was like, fuck yeah. And then the second he has a gun in his hand, I'm like, okay, that, that just like broke this whole like thematic right. tone for me <laughs> in like a, a pretty jarring just, way. He's just a normal kid with a billiard ball on a string. Yeah, you know, pretty just... much a yo-yo, <laughs> and also yeah. a submachine gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. as right as you do. What caught my attention was the the animations for. Well, you know, he's doing parkour. It's oh yeah, I mean, he, he was, was super cool. He's doing flips and shit, like when he's jumping yeah. over like fences yeah, that, and stuff. That like... blew up on Reddit. Right, the internet really liked that. The, uh... Well, like actually, you, you know, know you have something like. Oh, go ahead. Uh, you have something like Mirror's Edge, where it's 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 parkour. You know, running, jumping, climbing scaling but with watchdogs it actually has the the i don't know the flashiness of doing a side flip doing right all yeah. these vaults right it, so it, it's actually funny because that you, you actually get to it. see it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's funny that you mentioned it going up on reddit because i did see that kind of like blowing up like just that little gif that animation i was like yeah and i, I would think that they'd be really hard on that game but they seem to be optimistic yeah uh, totally about it it's kind of that that gif itself though reminded me a lot of uh remember when that second quantum break trailer came out and he was doing the jump punch (laughs) and that gif like exploded (laughs) for the longest Uh, time yeah i was like yeah like achilles flying kind of yeah yeah i really like that game i think what i found most impressive about the watchdogs 2 reveal was just how much more diversified his tool set is. Like, he's got the drone, he's got the little uh, the, the so wheel thing with the camera. Thing. Yeah. yeah, that weird little thing. Where, whereas the first game, I was like, oh, I can hack random stuff with my phone, well, and he, I can shoot people. He and did that's have some kind of vehicle it was. in the first game. Some but kind of I don't vehicle? remember what it was. Like uh, like the little robot. I, there was some kind of little like remote control thing. There was? I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember that either, but the trailer that I saw had like a voiceover and the guys were talking about it. Yeah. I think this other... one's much more fleshed out though. I think the other oh, yeah. part of the trailer that's really like resonating with me is, is the uh, emphasis on like the group, you know what I mean? How it's all about like this, you know, society or whatever uh, that's, that's kind of joining together and how that incorporates with, or that how, yeah. and how that links with the multiplayer aspect of the game and stuff like that's really interesting to me. Cause when I thought of, of uh, watchdogs one, it's like, Okay, just this gruff-looking dude who we never see his face, and he's just mad and hacking things. And I was like, I, I can't really get into that. But this more, like, camaraderie sort of, you know, rebellion well, there, things. Yeah, and there was sort of a tie-in like that in the first game. Yeah. Uh, spoilers, but oh. uh, he, <laughs> for a year-old year game, three-year-old game, People whatever. are going to be pissed. Um, yeah, That's I mean, good. I think it looks great. And I really wanted to see more, like, hacking stuff and... They, it was, we saw a little bit. It wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, we saw but, the uh, vibrate everyone's phone thing. Right. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah, and uh, speaking sure. of the multiplayer, I, I like how they're taking it as more of a you can work cooperatively because the multiplayer in the first game was just annoying. 
Oh, this person I, invaded your game, and they're I liked just making it. it a living hell. I yeah. liked it a lot. There was like a hide and seek game you could play. Uh, I would I would trick people and force them to join my game, and then I'd be ready for them, and that was a lot of fun because they would join and like look like a civilian, and huh. uh, and then they would try to blend in and walk towards me, but I knew where the the stupid AI could walk, so hmm. I knew. So I took them out. It was great. <laughs> It'll definitely be cool yeah. to see how, uh, how like, tied For me, it was just annoying to have to deal with it while in the middle of a mission. Like, Dark Souls. Mm, yeah, that's basically yeah. Dark Souls. But I, I, think this I also one, don't I think play Dark one, Souls, though. So. <laughs> I think this one has the, the strongest side of Dark Souls in, in a co-op uh, like state yeah. of mind. It's just that it's just supposed to instill that feeling like you're always kind of at peril. You know, like, at any time, you could be kind of annoyed, annoyed to death or... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, attacked. So of other announcements that we heard, uh, probably my most excited out of anything was the Dead Rising 4 leak reveal, whatever you want to call it. Um, you guys, so you guys all saw this? So Yeah. yeah. I, did I heard about it, but I didn't see the image or anything like okay. that. So. Well, mm-hmm. well, to get Paint a picture for me. Okay, so to get everybody up to speed, there was uh, initially a release of a poster image that just said Dead Rising 4, and it looked like Frank West on the front of this thing with a bunch of zombies behind him, right? Um, okay. Then we saw a in-game a screenshot of like the press start screen, and then we saw an in-game screenshot uh, of Frank West what looks like frank west just standing uh in a location that was very similar to an area in dead rising one uh and this sort of led to people kind of unpacking this a little bit further and the running rumor i don't know if this is like i'm pretty sure it's not like 100 percent certified yet but the running rumor is that dead rising 4 is actually a remake or sort of reiteration of dead rising one that takes place in the willamette mall uh but now you actually get to extend outside of the mall and see even more of that area um really kind of like what they did with ratchet and clank i'd imagine in the same vein um and this makes me so hyped for this game i am like you know, th- this is sort of a weird game, but I have such fond, fond memories of Dead Rising 1. Like, I love that game. Like, that was, mm-hmm. you know, one of my most pleasurable experiences on the 360 when it, like, first came out. Like, I, I was playing it, like, my freshman year of college. It was just, oh my gosh, it was awesome. That was such a great game. Uh, so having the opportunity to play it again and have it look way cooler and just kind of, you know see the world blown out into this huge, you know, open world experience while still having these, uh, you know, like representing areas that I totally remember from the first one. Like that is so exciting to me. I mean, I love the first game and all I played was the demo over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. I really only played the third one. Really? Okay. So Dead Rising, uh, Dead Rising one. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I've never played Dead Rising three, but from what I understand, it it distanced itself pretty seriously from Dead Rising one and two, uh, in the sense of like tone, because uh, Dead Rising one and two were very goofy and very mm-hmm. weird and and bizarre and stuff. Uh, and I know with Dead Rising three, they added that like su- super alpha turbo whatever kind of mode, which seems very appropriate for that style of game. Um, I mean, it it was pretty pretty wacky game. Like all the weapons were ridiculous i guess when i looked at it it seemed very like 
I don't know that it's it seemed very brown that like kind of gruff you know brown and they black made... and gray kind of game yeah but th- their contrast they, they made it really brown. dark and gritty but then all of a sudden you could run around with no pants and a unicorn head in yeah. that game right yeah that's exactly so it was just really contradictory <laughs> hmm. uh, if this is frank west again i find it interesting that they like every second game they've got starring frank because they'll try something new and it's like oh no get it back to frank yeah <laughs> like well, yeah, no, no, no. All, all the, the dlc is usually frank <laughs> Well, Dead Rising 2, like, they straight up, like, re-released that game with just Frank West in it instead yeah. of uh, the other guy. I don't even remember the other guy's name, but Dead Rising 2 is really good, too. Chuck. Chuck, Chuck Green. Chuck Green. Oh. Yes, that's his yeah. name. Uh, but, yeah, that was a cool game. Dead Rising 1 was awesome. I really, really hope that's what this ends up being because I'm so I'm down for that. I'm excited to see... I'm excited to see how they up the ante because... With Dead Rising One, it was totally a game of uh, of the generation, or mm-hmm. just just showing that expansion of what hardware could do, showing how many enemies you could have at one time. Yeah. Uh, Dead Rising Two just kind of expanded on that, um, and then Dead Rising Three was like, okay, you had a mall full of zombies, now you have a town full of zombies, which is right. like, holy yeah. crap. So I want to see if Dead Rising Four is more like a Dead Rising Two, where it just kind of builds on. I mean, it probably will be, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see how they uh how they change the formula or add to it. Um mm-hmm. I th- I think if I were to make any criticism of the Dead Rising series that I think is something they should seriously consider and I feel like it might be blasphemous for me to say this, but the biggest detractor from Dead Rising 1 is the time limit. Like I understand why it's there, but like just having that in place makes it so much it just makes it, it like it... <sighs> I feel like it puts an unnecessary amount of pressure on a very mm-hmm. open-ended sort of experience. You know what I mean? Like it you, doesn't, wa- it doesn't let you explore or like do whatever you want and yeah. take advantage of the wackiness. And especially, if, yeah. I mean, maybe this is something that's like you know, I'm I'm a very like hard-grained completionist when it comes to games. Like I need to do all of the things. So yeah. when I was playing Dead Rising One, when a situation would come up where there's like two objectives at the same time and they're on opposite sides of the mall, basically forcing me to not complete one, it's like fuck, man. Like you know, I I felt like I wanted to restart the entire game because I did that something wrong. Me out. Yeah, you know? uh, it, it, that's <laughs> one of the worst things for me to experience in a game. Like one of the worst, like feel bad moments for me. Um, so yeah. if there was a way that they could like soften the restrictions on the time limit uh, and and clean up those load times, man. The load times in the first one were awful. Like if they have the same mall, I just hope they take every loading t- or load time out of the game completely because that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. See that that's kind of the same problem people had with Majora's Mask, but. At least in that game, you could rewind time. Well, see, the difference with something like Dead Rising and Majora's Mask is Majora's Mask's time restraint, uh, it it was very inherently tied to the way the game plays out. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be yeah. manipulating time and doing things at certain times. With Dead Rising, there is no rewind. It is just go forward. And if you miss something too bad or if one person dies for a really dumb reason because the ai was garbage too bad you just have mm-hmm. to keep going and it's I, like and uh. and i don't think that I, I doubt that will be in the game most games these days are pretty like Lean. player friendly well did dead rising 3 have a time limit to it no it no. didn't okay well that's great see i almost wonder if like they could have a time limit 
where you need to beat the game, and then once you beat it, you can go back and just play around in the mall and finish off whatever else you didn't. Nah, that's that still wouldn't do it for me. Like I, I mean, would, yeah. I feel like I need to do everything as efficiently as possible. Yeah, they had it in Dead Rising One, like an endless mode, like after you beat the game. But at that point, it's like your your whole like purpose right. is is non-existent you know what i mean like i wanted to explore mm-hmm. and find cool weapons and and find survivors in random places because it was progressing a goal in endless mode it's just like no you can just go wherever you want there there is no goals it's just you go and you kill stuff and it's like mm. sure that's fine to like explore or whatever but there's no like overarching purpose you know mm-hmm. gotcha all right shall we transition to news we can go into jrpg land or not go into jrpg land how do you guys might as well <laughs> All right, sorry, let me take a what sip you of got? my water and let's dive in head first. So number one, important news, uh, Persona 5 gets an actual release date in North America, February 14th, Valentine's Day of 2017. Uh, this is five months after the Japanese release, um, which is Ouch. yeah, which is a little bit of a bummer, uh, but I am cool with this specifically because... Final Fantasy 15 comes out in September, and there is no <laughs> way I'd be able to play both of those games at the same time. No way. Yeah, no. now it's yeah. not conflicting, at least. Yes. Yeah. Um, I felt I felt almost the same way with when we were talking about Horizon Zero Dawn earlier. Mm-hmm. It's not even a long game, but anything to decongest this holiday season, it's, it's okay. Oh, yeah, no, right. completely. Like... <laughs> I mean, just the fact that we know that Final Fantasy XV is coming out, that's going to take up so much of my time. And th- and mind you, that gives me... If I get... Oh, man. These are my first world problems. If I get Final Fantasy XV the day it comes out, that means I have less than a week to beat Deus Ex before that. <laughs> <laughs> what is... Like, oh my gosh. But anyway. um, So yeah, Persona 5 gets a release date. There's a new trailer with it. uh, Or, or not a new trailer. There was just... uh, They showed what the collector's edition version right. of the game looks like uh but it, that game's beautiful and it's going to be awesome and if you've never played a persona game like if you've never played a persona game and even have the slightest bit of interest in anything anime related or jrpg related or anything like that you deserve the opportunity to know why the persona series is so excellent like get excited about that game because it's going to be awesome i'm only yeah. casually acquainted with it have you, have you played have you played any of them uh, I think I played a little bit of three, and then I played like Devil Survivor on DS, which was good, but that's not really what. Yeah, so so there's a, there's Persona a, it's a Shin Megami Tensei game. So it's like made by the yeah. same people, but it's definitely not a Persona game. If I could suggest anything, that was oh, fun well, though. You don't but... have a Vita, do you? No, I don't. Uh, Persona Four Golden, Golden is like is the, the one that everyone praises. It is like the best game. <laughs> it's like the best RPG. Oh my gosh! But uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've never played a Persona game, but. Like, the way people talk about Persona 4 Golden makes me kind of want to jump into it on my Vita. It so. is so, so, so worth your time. It is amazing. Maybe not the most innovative battle mechanics, but that is not the point of playing a game like that. It's all about the story and becoming a part of this world and creating relationships with different characters that actually matter and affect the game in, in really interesting ways. It's just awesome. It's like the JRPG version of Mass Effect, but instead of taking place in space, it takes place in a Japanese high school. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the vita is a little tough sell for me but i'm definitely thinking about it i bet you could find one on like craigslist for like ten dollars <laughs> well they just they i know there was a sale and they're like a hundred my guess is they're, they're gonna announce a price drop again on vitas just to try and get rid of them 
and you know that way they can announce the I mean Neo I, I at hope their so. price point. I mean, yeah. even if you like like PlayStation One games, like the majority of my fun with my Vita came from PS One Classic. So, uh, or my, my Man, majority re- of the fun that I'm having with it now, like there was definitely a bunch of titles that I really really enjoyed playing on Vita, but you know, most of them are old hat now. Right. Yeah. I, think what I'm, I really hope they expand the support for PS1 games on Vita because, like, you can't play any of the Crash games. You can't play Spyro. You can't play a bunch of games that I really want to play on my Vita, but I just can't. There's sort of a way to, like, hack your way around that. There's a couple of games that I have on Vita right now that aren't supposed to be able to be played on them, uh, specifically I, Valkyria Chronicles 2. But, I, I um, wouldn't hold your breath for any vita yeah, supported they, features <laughs> they've already like, yeah, like no. there's no chance they're even going to mention the vita in the press conference especially if they're going to be announcing like ps4 neo there's no way they're even going to spend a second mm. on a, a ostensibly dead console right the and, only way a vita will be mentioned is if it's crossed by with another system yeah that, and, that's that's my prediction for any kind of vita news is like oh and it's crossed by and maybe that's how they'll sweeten the deal with neo they'll say hey yeah you have to pay an extra hundred bucks for this console but we'll just throw in a vita for fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes please do and, and then we have know. hundreds of thousands of them lying around well and then put, i think that's like, also what makes persona 5 a little more interesting to at least someone like me who's uninitiated is that it's coming out on a platform that's for once for the Persona franchise is coming out on a platform that's relevant. Oh yeah, because uh, Persona, Persona Three came out on PS2 like like two years into the PS3's life cycle. Like that was yeah. Like, then... Four did the same. They had to do oh, re-releases to catch it up to like Golden. So yeah, and, and I Why? remember when Five Why? was announced, they said it was only going to come out on PS3 first, and everyone was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, <laughs> I don't yeah, understand so... the logic there. I think uh, just so I think uh, missteps. I've I've uh, unpacked this right, and and I think I understand why they would do stuff like that. And the the reason is because Persona is primarily like it resonates the most with the Japanese audience, right? Uh, obviously, it's a it's a very serious JRPG. This is something that that audience is totally interested in, and I think they decide to release it on the older console because. Just by the numbers, there's a bigger install basis for that. So they're just like, oh, well, we're going to sell the most on this older console just in the country that cares about it. And then it ends up selling gangbusters. And then they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll release it in America on the console that it was released for because fuck porting it. Like, But like three times in a row? It, three different games? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's, it's no different a different weird mentality. Lighter, though. All right, well, we've got two more uh, JRPG newses outside of Persona. Uh, the next one is we are getting a re-release of Final Fantasy XII for the PlayStation 4 in a title called Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age. Uh, from what I understand, mm. it's basically just a direct port uh, with upscaled graphics and all of that kind of business. Uh, weird choice, in my opinion. I mean, maybe they're just trying to cash in on an old property, but like FF12 wasn't very good. <laughs> Like I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, and I I never I didn't I actually haven't played a lot of Final Fantasy games. I call myself a Final Fantasy fan, but I really only played like you played seven, a, <laughs> you a played seven handful, and, and like you played Cloud and Smash. Seven, I played. Yeah, I started eight, and then my game froze, and I played Tactics, and I've t- I've like played a little bit of them, but I know that one. I I started, and then I was just like, nope. I have beaten every fun. Final Fantasy game except. Legends 1 and 2, Final Fantasy 1, and Final Fantasy 2. That's insane. I fucking, I think, I fucking love Final Fantasy. I think I've they're just heard that Final Fantasy... The... What's that? 
<laughs> Sorry. Go I'll ahead. let Ben go ahead. I've heard that Final Fantasy XII may not have had the greatest story, but the battle system is like one of the best in the series. So that's just what I've heard. I have no experience in that. So yeah. So basically, what Final Fantasy XII did that made it like innovative and different is uh, so Final Fantasy XI came out right, and that was the first M- uh, Final Fantasy MMO, um, which was hugely popular during the PlayStation Two days, and. Basically, the people that weren't into getting into an online game felt like sort of left out, right? They were like, oh, well, this is a bummer. Now there's like this Final Fantasy game that I can't really enjoy because I don't feel like paying a monthly fee to uh, to play this MMO or whatever. So Final Fantasy XII is essentially taking the conceptual mechanics of Final Fantasy XI and converting it into a single-player RPG. So its battle system is very akin to an MMO, where it's like you have cooldowns, you have like, you know, you're targeting stuff, and you have a party that you control, but the the way your party controls is very weird. Like you essentially set up what are called gambits that is essentially a very convoluted set of if-then statements. So like let's say you have a healer, right? You can say my healer uh, like you would write this string of logic in that says my healer will always be attacking the target that I'm attacking until one of my other party members health falls below 50% and once it falls below 50% cast cure on them until their health is above 75% of what it normally is. And you would have to write these really long strings of code in order to like create your party's AI. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very A weird. lot of shit. A lot of JRPGs like touch on that, but that sounds like much more in depth than yeah. uh, than what I'm used to. It was very. And didn't you have to go like explore the world to find those commands? Yeah. So that that's so there was two big, okay, three weird things about this game, and I guess this is sort of like a PSA like primer for people that haven't played FF12 and are interested in it. Um. So yeah, those gambits, like those strings of logic, you have you only unlock as you open like chests and stuff in the world and like defeat bosses and level your characters up it'll unlock different uh like different ways you can adjust the ai right uh which i guess is smart in the sense that it it doesn't overwhelm you with so many options at the jump uh but once you start getting a handle of how to set up your gambits you start to feel really like limited by not having every option that you want so that's a little weird um the second caveat to it is that uh, so most Final Fantasy games, if you boil them down, are essentially about two things. They're a love story and they're about saving the world in some way, right? Uh, Final Fantasy VII is his love for Aerith, who ends up dying, and then, you know, he's trying to save the world from Sephiroth, who's trying to destroy the world. Um, in FF9, it's about uh, Zidane's love for Dagger, and, you know, he's basically trying to stop Kuja from making the world explode in on itself. You know what I mean? It's usually these right. two themes that balance in all of them, right? But in Final Fantasy XII, it took a very different step where it was extremely political and had to deal with, like, warring nations, but not so much like, oh, man, they have a dragon and it's gonna blow something up it's like oh like these people had their leader assassinated and it's allowing us to sort of move in on their territory but you know this other group of rogues is moving in at the same time it was very weird um and because of that it became very slow and difficult to really appreciate so that was actually one of the few final fantasy games so i lied before i did not finish final fantasy 12 i put a lot of time in it but oh, wow. i did not finish that game uh because specific, like the story just got very boring and monotonous and weird um 
That was the one with the main character with the tiny vest on, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, his name okay. was Vaughn. Just so, um, just so we're sure. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like him. Yeah, he was he was a very whiny character. Okay, so the last caveat, and I, pr- I, I promise I'm, I'm almost done rapping about FF12. Um, the last caveat, and this was probably the thing that bothered me the most, right? So earlier in this podcast, I was talking about how I'm a completionist, right? I, I like... I like doing everything and seeing everything complete, right? So, mm-hmm. so Alex, in a, in a JRPG, when you get near endgame, what's, like, one of the main things you want to do with your party, right? Like, what's, like, the one of the main things you want to do? Well, like, max level them or yeah. get all the skills or the weapons. And... Perfect, right? Weapons. You want to get the best weapons. You're playing FF7, you want to get fucking Ultima Weapon. You want to get, like, the the best stuff to stack. Knights of the Round. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, you want to get the best <laughs> stuff possible, right? Um, well, Final Fantasy twelve plays a really cruel joke on anybody that wants to do that. The best weapon in the game is called the Zodiac Spear, um, and this is a weapon for Vaughn, and it is disgusting. It is so good, that, and you can get it fairly early in the game at around, like, the 10-hour mark, um, All right. and it scales with your level as you go. So, like, you're not supposed to get it that early, um, but you can through a number of weird, like, you know caveats or whatever but here's the thing so if you play through the game and you think to yourself okay i don't want any assistance with this game i'm just gonna go through and do what i can and and have a good experience right well you might very well fuck yourself out of getting the best weapon in that game because the way you unlock the zodiac spear is by not opening like 10 specific chests that exist somewhere in the world that you have what? N- you have no conception of which chests they are and you can just o- like there's nothing telling you to open or not open them but if you open any one of these 10 chests that appear in the beginning of the game like if you just open them then you completely destroy your opportunity to get the best weapon in the game well that's bullshit so stupid because yeah. so- i would hunt those chests down not knowing that that's what you wouldn't want to open all the chests. <laughs> no, well, they, exactly. Like your your modus operandi is like, oh shit, there's a chest over there. I bet there's something good, and that's the right. first thing you want to do is open it. But no, this is like, no, you you are not allowed to open it, and there is nothing in the game that tells you to not open certain chests. It's so, so it's designed as like a secret weapon rather than like. Well, I mean, even not saying that's an excuse, but I I think that's sort of the idea. Like it's supposed to. I think you eventually later in the game get some sort of clue that that's the deal, but this is probably far beyond the point that it happened. Uh, it's still so a really weird, like... It's bizarre. I, I don't know why that happened. Um, you think they'll fix it in the re-release? Probably not. I mean, it, it's just... It's whack. Um, Saving Grace, though, the limit breaks in that game are really fucking cool. So if you like the way the limit breaks look, that's worth playing it. Like that 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 was the one Final Fantasy game that I think I I knew about a lot from reading previews and stuff in magazines and things like that where I like the aesthetic of the game like the guys in the armor and stuff is really cool. Yeah, the but yeah, that was just a game I could never get into. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird one. Um uh, all right. So we have yeah, are there, is there more JRPG news like there, the only other like one the, was the uh, new trailer for Kingdom Hearts 2.8. That's actually what I was going to... Sorry, can you say the full title for me? I'm not sure which game you were talking about. <laughs> we're talking about Kingdom Hearts 2.8 something, something, something. I don't know it's what like, the full name what, is. It's like final... HD, the yep. final final chapter prologue. Thank you. Yep. Now, now I know what you're talking also, about. Also, fuck you, Square Enix. <laughs> <laughs> which includes Kingdom they... Hearts 2.0 or mm-hmm. 0.2 Birth by Sleep, A Fragment mm-hmm. Passage? 
I think. Passage. Sounds right. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure those are just the scenes from it. You don't actually get the game. Yeah, so Birth by Sleep, the PSP game, actually came out in the PS3 release, re-release of Kingdom Hearts 2, which was called Kingdom Hearts 2.5. Blah. So the only real game you're getting in 2.8 is Dream Drop Distance, which was a 3DS no. game. And and 0.2, despite its little tiny number, I do think there's going to be a full campaign to that. Mm. Yeah, the, Kingdom, Birth by Sleep is a... Yeah, it's, it's a full game. It's uh, like, man, Kingdom Hearts is like the weirdest fucking series, dude. Like, it is. Give me Kingdom it's Hearts 1, 2, and 3. You know what I mean? Not 3 8 point whatever the fuck. Like, it, it's, <laughs> That's it's like so stupid. 438 over 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Days. Math and titles. Goddamn. Not to mention, <laughs> yeah, like, no. is anybody else annoyed that the remakes of Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 came out on PS3 when the PS4 was out? Like, what the fuck it one, goes with that? Like, um, what? What didn't one come out before? So, yeah, one out? came out before. So it's just the way the cookie. Crumbles, you know what? I guess, but... Square Enix just has a very weird. Just give it to me. Just give me one. Yeah, one and two. Square Enix is just getting together. getting you know, in the they, way of the me enjoying is, the games that I want to. These these the, this unfortunate franchise is so convoluted at this point. That these dumb collections being called 1.5 and 2.5 and being released, uh, you know, and then we're getting 2.8 on a new platform. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's it's a perfect representation of the series at this point. Yeah, but it you is. need all those. Oh, you yeah. need all those pieces. I mean, it's, so it's there, par for the course. Stupid. There's a really good video that I didn't even watch. I was told it was good. Um, that kind of it's like an hour long and it sums up everything you need to know about kingdom hearts before kingdom hearts 3 i mean here's the thing though like kingdom hearts like dude that story is so weird i mean i love (laughs) and and don't get me wrong yeah i love kingdom hearts 1 and i love kingdom hearts 2 like even just the soundtracks to those games still give me Uh, so good yeah they do like one of the best soundtracks in a game ever period you know um but I will totally shamelessly admit, by the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I don't no. know what a nobody's, like, somebody's nobody's right. unknown heartless, what the <laughs> fuck, like, dude, so weird. But it didn't matter <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was so good, you know? The world yeah. and the, the characters and And then they had the that GBA game, and, and then it's like, oh, now there's this dream world that exists, and Namine is like the girl version of Sora, sort of, but not really. It's like, what well, the Roxas, too, right? Well, Roxas... And then you have to throw in all Roxas. the secret Oh, endings. my God. It's just none of yeah. it makes sense, man. Like, I I will say I'm anticipating 2.8 because I never got a chance for Dream Drop Distance, and Dream Drop Distance is actually one of the few that are integral in terms of like like storyline. So you got two, then Dream Drop, and then three. If you don't play Dream Drop when you jump into three, good luck. Huh. Just okay. good luck. So I, so so Birth by Sleep. Three five eight dash two days, unchained X three, oh. and rechain of memories have nothing to do with three. No, no, <laughs> well, no, they don't have nothing to do with three. I'm just saying that, like, if you play one, you know how if you play one and then you play two, you almost get an idea of what's going on, except for Roxas and nobody's and who the and nobodies are and all that stuff. Because that was oh. supposed to be explained in rechain of memories, right? Or just chain of memories if you play yes. it on GBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And so, uh, I, you, which was a card game? <laughs> in chronological order, it would be like Kingdom Hearts One, Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts Two, Dream Drop Distance, and then uh, Kingdom Hearts Three. All those other ones are to explain all the things you don't understand going through those main games. Oh God! I just want to so, know. Birth by Sleep is prequel. It's just yeah. I just want to know what the brand manager for Kingdom Hearts was thinking about when they were releasing stuff. Because if we go back, if we just think about the platforms that this was released on, we have, it was a PS2 game, then a GBA game, then another PS2 game, then a PSP game, then a DS game, then (laughs) a a mobile game, and then a PS, uh, or a 3DS game. It's like they're purposely trying to confuse everyone. That is like six different consoles for one series. Like, what? <laughs> it's uh, it's unfathomable, and that's why this collection is really cool because this this zero point two birth by sleep sub chapter dumb thing is the first piece of Kingdom Hearts content in over a decade that was built for a console. Huh. Everything else has been built for a handheld, built for a mobile or or browser, whatever. This is the first thing they've actually built where it's like, yeah, you're gonna hold a controller in your hands. You're gonna have like you know these buttons available to you. So, and you're gonna play a game, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I can get on board with that. I, I, I'm sure it's gonna be like a sixty dollar title, which is upsetting. Um, See, I, I think I would still get the PS3 versions though, just to have that concise in one spot kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think two point. I'm weird because I still have my PS3 hooked up. So two point eight's just the next. Uh, is no, just no, no, no. I know two point eight, but yeah, yeah, okay. Point five. I mean, on PS3? Yeah. 1.5. 1.5 and 2.5, they're both last generation, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have no this. idea what the story is at this point, but I'm still excited for 3. You know, like that love mm-hmm. from the childhood, Man, and like... that that Cloud versus Sephiroth battle, or I mean, when you fight Sephiroth, I mean, not, mm-hmm. you're, you're not Cloud. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was just an amazing fight. It was like right at the end of the game. It was voiced um, by uh, Lance Bass. Of in sync. <laughs> the, 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 the scene after the credits. Oh my gosh. Uh, which was the most hype for the least like reward Dude, in my I'm, entire game. I'm just thinking life. of that soundtrack and it's like I could hear like a note from that soundtrack and just be like right. oh. like the beginning of that song that's like <laughs> ah. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> it feels. It, I mean it, it you know, it, it just pulls out a lot of things because I mean it's Disney um, which was a big part of, I'm sure, all of our childhoods. Yeah, and uh, you know, Square with all their crazy Final hair and stuff, and, and, and even <laughs> just like Sora yeah. and like the characters that were made for that series are just yeah, so and good, it, man. It, it wove together so well, and it told such like a magical story that uh, I mean, I just love that world. I mean, even building that mm-hmm. st- your stupid what your gummy ship or whatever in two. And uh, I could I could live without the gummies. <laughs> I loved it. Get- I loved it. Oh. I don't know. I think why. receiving. I think receiving three in general is just feels conclusive to that yeah. childhood thing. Yes. Almost like a Toy Story three moment where you just, it's like you get to revisit that thing. Oh my yeah. God. It got such a deep, deep attachment to it's been know? so long, you know, like these other games yeah. haven't filled that void. Like there's, they haven't played them. there have been times like do you guys watch the Marvel movies, right? Yes. Okay, like there's usually such a gap between those movies and I I feel like I have such an emotional connection to those movies now that like when I go to the theater and I see the like Marvel thing with the flipping comic book pages and it's like panning around the letters like oh it's great. Dude, like I borderline cry sometimes. Like like before <laughs> before Guardians of the Galaxy, I like literally felt like I was going to tear up. If 
when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out and they start playing that song again and I'm seeing these characters again after <laughs> yeah. after like 10 years of not engaging with that series like that's that's going to move me in a way that I don't think I'm prepared to deal with when that first keyblade mm-hmm. pops into your hand oh my god dude like <laughs> I love that series. I mean that's how I felt about that I'm sure how a lot of people felt about Star Wars last year like that was exactly dude exactly an incredible man. like it doesn't happen mm-hmm. too often to me but that was an like, that was an emotional experience. Yeah, yeah. It's because, oh my gosh, like, everything just comes... To... Dude, oh, you're so right. Like, I'm just thinking back to when I saw Star Wars, like, when that first, like, text scroll happens. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, my God, dude. Like, the feels were unbelievable. I, I hugged my friend at the end of that movie. Oh, my gosh. It's like... I, 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 you know, those are the experiences that I live for. That That's why I love these series so much. Like, like I'll, I recently went to, um, what you call it? And I'm sorry to go back to Final Fantasy, but I, I uh, Allie recently took me to, um, a new world, which is like the or- live orchestra for Final Fantasy. Yeah. And like, dude, I have, I have never experienced feelings like that ever it's like because you know what it's like those songs like each of those games exist in a time of my life that it's like the moment i hear one of those songs it's like literally reaching back in like the depths yeah, of sends, my memories and you, stringing that chord again and it sends you right back yeah man oh my god and i i guarantee that kingdom hearts is going to do the same thing like it's going to put me right back to the moment when i was playing kingdom hearts 1 and kingdom hearts 2 and like really felt something for that series like Oh, I'm really excited for that game. I I can't wait. I can't wait until next week when hopefully when we see a trailer for it. Uh, hopefully, maybe a release window. It's a it's a testament to the kind of game it is that we're we're still hyped about it even after all this time I mean, and all these weird games in the middle and yeah, a few I think few games can get away with something like that. Um, Great, yeah. I hate to say it, just because of how the 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 trailer ended for uh, 2.8, uh, it said, "Look forward to upcoming announcements this winter." So we'll see about E3, but uh, not, we can always dream. Even don't if, you dare! Even if it's just a trailer, I mean, I could <laughs> even your mouth. I could even be fine if it's just a trailer. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Give me something. What, what what stage do you think we'll see it on? My guess is PlayStation, but Sony. Yeah, yeah no question. Probably, probably they they tend uh, to pull that kind of stuff together. I imagine we're going to see Square has been on everything though, right? I believe so. so I mean, Square yeah. Square has no loyalty to anybody. In, well, I mean, Final Fantasy VII's coming out on PS4 first. Oh, is that right first? It, but I mean, the, the Final Fantasies are on both systems. The thirteen games were, yeah. Yeah, well, that was a first. I mean, uh, they've got some strong ties with Sony that have. I won't say they've recently been broken, but they've recently it, expanded yeah. themselves. So yeah. it'd be weird on Xbox, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of really cool reveals at PlayStation's thing like that. I know that, I mean, the other thing that I'm like really excited for is seeing news or a trailer on uh, Resident Evil 7. And I have a feeling that that's going to weasel its way into the PlayStation conference. Can we just get, wait, can we just The question is, is will it be a reboot or will they continue the series? I think they'll continue it. I I, think if they were going to do a reboot, they, they got enough sub series that going on with Resident Evil, they they have room for another sub series to reboot things. I would almost think of it as like, if I were to make, uh, I, I know I said no predictions on this podcast, but if I were <laughs> to think of what Resident Evil Seven is going to look like, I bet it's going to be a brand new character 
it will have ties to the existing series, but I bet it would be a brand new character playing out in the ways that the old Resident Evils did. Like, you know, the Resident Evil, like, 1 and 0 and 2 and 3. Like, I think it's going to play very similar I... to those. And be I, someone fresh. I'm guessing it's going to be closer to four, but I just, just yeah, me. I think it's going to keep going the route of of what's been successful for them, like you know, sales wise, and that they'll fill that that void of uh, the traditional style with the Resident Evil Two remake that they're doing. Hopefully, oh, oh man, um, that's another game. But I, I can't even think of Resident Evil Two's remake being like a reality right now. Like, there's no way we're going to see that at at this show. Like, no way. All right, well, we've been, I don't know. We'll see. We've been gushing for a little while. I've got three more items, or four more items on the list. So let's see if we can crank through them. Some of these I think we're not really going to talk much about, but uh, let's get to them. Uh, Injustice 2. We saw a trailer and an announcement for Injustice 2. Does anybody Both care? Way too much Me, armor. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, way too much armor. I wasn't a huge fan of this series, but that trailer, like, I, I don't understand the aesthetic that they're going for with those characters. Like, the, the layers and layers of armor just makes them look less and less like the, the characters that we love, you know? I agree. I, they're strange. definitely going for... I mean, the gameplay is has changed a yeah. bit. So you, you have to adapt to the situation and wear the armor that fits, I think. But it, it came across a little weird for me in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of got that Power Rangers syndrome where if you're just, just wear your most powerful armor right away. Like, why are you waiting? Yeah. Uh, it's, I, sword. it's strange. Um, that was, that was I kind think... of a meh announcement for me. I was just sort of like, all right, well, that was a thing for me. What I think is cool about it is just that nether realms has got themselves, um, doing, doing something successful for themselves again. Yeah. After so many missteps throughout, you know, the last, or I can't say the last two, but, um, throughout a couple of generations where they didn't really know what to do with Mortal Kombat. The fact that they've kind of found their footing again and they've got both Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat and Injustice kind of as steady pillars for them, I think that's that's cool for yeah. those guys. And, I mean, the person is supposed to be good. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's been killing it and I know it, the Injustice scene has a lot of love. Like That, that was a, a fairly to very popular fighting game for a while, which is, you know, when you have like the giants like Capcom, you know, kind of running the show when it comes to fighting games, it's it's always cool to see stuff like that happen. I mean, I really think that um, Mortal Kombat X kind of took the spot as like the primary fighting game, like in the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, also because of all the missteps that Street Fighter Five had, but you know, uh, it's definitely cool to see that. And my guess is they're doing the armor stuff in Injustice Two because that's probably the series where they're going to do more of the experimentation just because it's not Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I could see that. I just don't know why Superman needs armor, but <laughs> yeah. Just take, take, <laughs> in to any... keep it in the aesthetic, man. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, he couldn't fly into outer space on Superman 64, so maybe I, he does need armor. You do, <laughs> do not even All right, let's move on. We're moving on. All right, next topic. Uh so there's a very high likelihood that we're going to see a Skyrim remaster uh, at the Bethesda conference. This is wonderful for me because I never played Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim is really good. That's it's a time suck though. I mean, it, I so HD remakes have had sort of a change of opinion on for a while. I was like, man, fuck HD remakes. I'm over it. Like whatever. Um, but now I'm sort of thinking like, you know, for exactly like the situation that you're saying, like it, it opens like excellent games up to, to, 
people that might not have played them. Like, I mean, I could, you know, me and everybody else could have told you that Skyrim's awesome, but how likely are you to take a game from four years ago and, you know, boot up an old console yeah. to throw it in? Like, it's probably not going to happen, but having right. a... And I, and I- yeah, and I've told this. Well, I would, but I'm weird like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't do it. Like old games, I know a lot of people are always climbing for backwards compatibility, and you know, having having your game collection, Skirbo, and um, it's just not that important to me because I never play old games. I just yeah, I mean, it just has a weird feeling to me. I think it's kind of like having the option is great, and you know, I I still have a lot of my older games that I that I love and stuff. Um, but I mean, th- this is again is sort of a first world problem. Like I think, thankfully, we're privileged enough to have you know a, a huge library of really great games consistently coming out that we can play. You know what I mean? Like you just, uh, I don't know. Like you said, you just finished up Uncharted Four, um, right after beating Ratchet and Clank. Like you know, there's a lot of great games just happening all the time, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and if you're trying to, you know, I guess be like us and be on the up and up of what's like what's cool and what's happening and stuff it's very uh it's very difficult to find time for older games yeah absolutely um i know skyrim is a big one that i missed i tried to play it and i used mods and it didn't didn't work out for me and the game just like died um so i gave up but i'd I'd love to you know give it a shot because it it was such a a game changer for lack of a better term it was a it was a big deal yeah it definitely was yeah but that's my problem with it. Like Skyrim was so huge that like ninety percent of the gaming population played it. So I I don't really see why this is a priority to do an HD remaster for. Well, I think well, for the people uh, Bethesda that... doesn't. No, go ahead, Shane. I think Bethesda doesn't have that many properties that do justify giving itself an HD remake. And um, frankly, they uh, could. What What am I trying to say here? Um, it's a spacer, uh, is, is yeah. the way I see it. They they know there's an extended amount of time towards the next Elder Scrolls. So how do you you know satiate people? Well, given this, because the Elder Scrolls Online didn't seem to work. So and that is a dedicated community that will replay that game again. This isn't just some random or unpopular game that or like mediocrely popular game. Like this is a big deal that people will go back and play. Yeah, if there's an HD remake. I, I don't know. I guess it's, it's just kind of like. Uh... The Last of Us got an HD remake, and I was like, right. but that was kind of towards the end of the console cycle. Why would anyone care to go back to it now? The, I well, did. The thing was, I like, mean, other than hardcore fans. So I feel like... Uh, for them. I feel like Last of Us sort of came out at a weird time. Like, that, that, I think, was one of the weirdest ones to get a definitive edition or what have you. I mean, that and Tomb Raider 1, actually, because, like... They were mm-hmm. both fairly new games when the definitive editions came out, so it's like I feel like most people that played the original one like had it still fresh enough in their minds where it's like, why would I want to go back and play this again? You know, if you did not play The Last of Us and and the definitive edition was your first opportunity, like, yeah, that's awesome. Um but I feel like that one came out a little too soon. Whereas you take something like, you know, the Ico and Shadow of the Colossus HD remake, like that came out years after the original. Right. And Ico was a particularly difficult game for people to find at the time when the PS2 was out. So that one, for me at least, made a lot more sense because it's like, okay, you have this difficult to find game. You have one of the greatest games of all time packaged <laughs> together for whatever it was, like 20 bucks, and it's on a relevant console. Like, awesome. Right. You know what I mean? It's just it's kind of a no it's like a win-win for Bethesda like it's a spacer like Shane said um it's just a game that they can 
HD remaster. It, like all the mechanics are already there. They just have to dump a little bit of money in to get this new another game out on the current console, and you got money in the bank. Totally. And, and you get new I'm, people on board for the next say, one. Yeah, but, but would you rather them dump that money in that time, those people working on the game, into something like Fallout 4 so what DLC? You, what you do is you drop like 10% of what you're going to get back, and you get even more money that will go towards that next game. Hmm. The What I'm anticipating also from this, just from um, kind of... Uh, uh, the perspective of someone who just loves E3, E3 conferences, I see right. them playing their trailer for for Skyrim Definitive Edition, and then ending it off with a little teaser for Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, mm. I I so, would totally yeah. agree with that. I totally totally agree with that. Um, I, so and this is fun. just a rumor. We don't know that this is going to be here. We don't so. know that this is going to happen. I mean, this was paired with a rumor for like The Evil Within Two, which is very weird because that was a very mediocre game. Please. Um, and Wolfenstein no, 2. And Wolfenstein 2, yeah. <laughs> Which um, would be awesome. Play. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. All right, we're, we are just about out of time, so let me just blast through the last two. Uh, one of them is more of a PSA, which is XCOM 2 is coming out to consoles, even though those fucking people said, oh, it's, it's only able to be on PC. Yeah, fucking sure it was. But either way, <laughs> awesome opportunity for people to play it on console. XCOM 2 is an exceptional game, probably the best game sequel that's come out in a decade. Like, everything about that game is better and more refined and more interesting and better executed uh, from its original. Like, it is a true, true sequel. So if you have any interest in tactics-style games... Highly, highly recommend playing XCOM 2. Uh, awesome that that's getting a new audience. Um, and then the last one was uh, Agents of Mayhem, which is the fucking worst title for a game I've ever heard in my life. Um, <laughs> this is coming from the same... I, the name of the publisher or developer escapes me right now, but it's the same people that did Saints Row. Volition. Volition, yes, that's it. Um, their, their thing is like the face, right? It's like a face on a V. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this was game. very meh worthy trailer. I mean, maybe the the comedy wasn't really like landing with me, or maybe I'm well, just too cynical or something. Well, if you watch, like, if you play or watch Saints Row stuff, like, it is over the top, like wacky. It's clever too, but it's just got this really nice personality to it. Uh, and it was very that trailer. I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, very forced humor. That yeah. it didn't feel natural. You know what I mean? And and I totally agree with that. Like uh now I've you know, probably to my detriment as a writer and a you know pseudo game personality, but I've never played a Saints Row game. Um I I don't I understand what the appeal is, but I guess like the the humor with it never really landed with me. Most games that try to tie humor into it I don't think really appeals to me. Short of like it's, Borderlands and Portal Two, but it's uh, tough to do. Yeah, so I, I guess when I saw this trailer, like, and and I saw the you know how they were trying to land these jokes and stuff, it wasn't really like resonating with me. But even beyond that, like, I I couldn't actually get a feel for what the game was. Uh, ben, ben, weird, ben, I know you've got a trailer. bit more info on this. Can can you? Oh yeah, it's a uh, single player game. It's not multiplayer like everyone was saying. And you can play, I think you can switch between three different heroes and you're playing in all these different locations all over the world. And like, it's almost like a multiverse kind of thing with Saints Row, like Saints Row stuff shows up in the game, but the Saints 
gang isn't in the game and it has like very loose ties to the Saints Row series. Do we know if it's that style of game though, like in like an open world GTA, you know, pseudo GTA style game? Yes, I think it is open world, but I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on it. Okay. Like I said, it, I, I watched the trailer. I, I thought it was mildly funny. It, it's cool because it's new and different and should be interesting, but like, it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to play this game it, now. It just doesn't show anything about what the game is going to be. Yeah, and that's the other problem is like the reason the the way they released it was through IGN and IGN's first thing, which they very purposefully leave things out so that they can drag out the coverage for the whole month. Oh, so yeah, that's course. part of the problem right there. My thing is is like and, and this isn't even specifically this game, but like kind of the way I look at most trailers in general now is like if if you're showing me a trailer for a game that I've never heard of and it includes zero gameplay like I'm just not even like I'm just not even going to pay attention to that. Like I'm just not even going to care. You know what I mean? Like Horizon Zero Dawn I think did the right thing where the first trailer was just straight up gameplay and that's what created the hype for me. Uh its most recent trailer had no gameplay to it and I was just like okay, it's going to have a narrative thing, but what am I holding on to here? And I think this Agents of Mayhem game sort of fell into the same thing where it's like there was zero gameplay showed for this. Like, I have no idea what this game looks or feels like or why I should be excited for it. It wasn't even, like, cinematic gameplay. It wasn't even, like, a, if this were an Evolve trailer where you see, like, three guys against one big monster, even though that was sort of what this trailer was. Well, but... And that it kind of re- it looked like Evolve to me. I was like, oh, you've got the guy who hooks it and the guy who shoots it and the healer person and the <laughs> grenade person. Oh, this all makes sense. And then it's like, oh, it's a single-player game? Well, that's weird, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. I don't know. Shane, sometimes um, did that you can see work this, like uh... with. Uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. So, sometimes it can work with. Uh, I'm, I was thinking of particularly like I don't know when it when it was being shown. Sunset Overdrive. I got mm-hmm. intrigued by it, even though it showed off absolutely no gameplay. But... It's, uh... it's got to do something, and it just I got nothing from this trailer. I didn't, like I didn't, wasn't excited. I didn't know what the story was. I didn't know what the gameplay was. It was just like a, a, a nothing. Yeah. yeah, and I can't really comment because I think you were going to ask if I'd seen the trailer, and to that I can say, no, I actually haven't, so. Okay. Um, um, I'd say the trailer's at least worth checking out to put it on your radar, um, but, right. it's a, but it's a weird trailer. It's a weird trailer. Okay. So I, I think we're in one of those situations where people are putting out, like, story-driven stuff before E3, and then they'll show a lot of gameplay at E3, maybe. Who yeah. knows? So... Before we sign off here, I have one little rumor that I just read, hot off the presses. Hot off the presses, all right. Off, and we got to end on this. Yeah, uh, let's break this news right now. This game has shown up on a voice actor's resume. Oh, we we were talking you about saw this, this beforehand. Damn it! Uh, Shane, all right, can, well, no, no, Shane can chime in on this, but go ahead. Okay, Devil May Cry Five. Yeah, debunked. Uh, yeah. Boom. <laughs> Oh, no? Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, I want it, and I want real Dante back, so I'm just... <laughs> I want it to happen. If it was a Devil May Cry 5, that would be pretty interesting. I don't think uh, Capcom has the money to invest in something like that. They're still <laughs> reeling from I think, uh, Street Fighter. I think we'd all be excited to see Capcom do something in general, like, not just Street Fighter and Resident Evil. See, if they just did Resident use... Evil and delivered on something awesome, I'm cool with that. I'm very cool with that, you know? Vanquished 2? 
Vanquish you, my fucking dude. Oh, but that's <laughs> Sega. That's Sega and Platinum yeah. Games. Uh, even if... Was that Capcom? Even if... No, that was not Capcom. That was Sega. Oh. Um, even if they could just re-release it on PC so I could play it in a nice 60 frames per second and have a reason to start playing that game again... God, I fucking love Vanquish. That was, like, one of the best games of the last generation. Like, holy shit, I love that game. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just had a thought. So Horizon Zero Dawn is delayed into uh, next year. Late February. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think they're going to announce a new game in its place at E3? So, like, maybe Last Guardian all of a sudden is going to fill in the fall slot that Horizon left? I don't think they yeah. I don't know. I think but, I think The Last Guardian's filling that new IP space, even though it's something we've been all familiar with for a long time. Years I, on I don't years. think they have all these these <laughs> these games loaded in the chamber ready to go. I think they're they're putting them out when they can. I'm not no, sure. I know, but like Well that's that's the other thing is like a lot of studios have been quiet, and we have no idea what Sony's first-party studios are doing. Well, that's the thing. Like, Sony, we, we don't really... Like, now that Horizon got pushed, I mean, what's their main thing? It's, it's like No Man's Sky for the moment. Um, but they need, they need like, a Christmas blowout game. You know what I mean? Or Hanukkah. Right. God of War? Or whatever. Uh, yeah, God of War. Yeah. God of War, I could imagine it being something like that. Um I mean, I don't know. Or, or do we think that they're just going to lean super heavily on PSVR? I, uh, I they might want to push that this holiday. I yeah, actually, that that's going to be a big thing. thing. I mean, just the PS four point five. Uh, that's probably going to get a lot of showtime. Although that's, I still think that that's going to be the most interesting, uh, the most interesting thing that we see happen at that conference because some like. Their marketing department is going to have such a fucking nightmare of a time trying to figure out how to market that thing. Like, mm-hmm. hey guys, and that's the thing look is, at how bad your console is compared to this new one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, if they, you know, they lead with the whole new PS4 and show all the footage in the new PS4, people are going to be like, yeah, but what about the current PS4? What's it going to look like yeah, if I right. play that new game? If it doesn't look like that, I'm still kind of pissed. Oh, guaranteed. And I bet you when they show trailers and stuff, there's going to be like a little bug in the bottom left-hand corner that'll say like, you know... PS4 Neo. Yeah, like footage from a PS4 Neo. So we'll see what like the the sickest, dopest version of it's going to look like, but the actual PS4 version is going to be trash or whatever. I would yeah. almost, I would almost go so far as to say that part of the reason why Horizon got pushed back is to, you know, create their PS 4.5, like, version or, like, mode to that game. I guarantee yeah. that had at least something to do with it. With, Which With sucks. Guerrilla involved, yeah. Mm. They they know that that's one of their studios that can showcase hardware to its fullest. Oh, totally. They probably have been like, guys, just you need take to, advantage of this. Yeah, kill it with this, uh, with this new platform. Absolutely. Huh. All right, guys, well, we've been running for quite some time. Are we ready to wrap up now? I think we've, we've come to a close. Yeah. <sighs> so, Guys, I want to thank you got, all for joining me. Alex, Ben, Shane, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. All of our listeners, I want to thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the TZR Podcast, episode 31. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play. Like all the Facebook pages. Check out thezerorevue.com for all our awesome reviews. And we'll see you on the next one. See you guys later. Peace, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you.